Welcome to the Exit Strategy, your no bullshit guide to divorce with the experienced attorneys from New Direction Family Law and guests that have been there. Unfiltered discussions to help you move from victim to victorious and from bitter to better. Hi, I'm Elizabeth Stevenson with New Direction Family Law. And I'm Sarah Hink. Thank you for joining us today. Yeah, we have our, a guest. We have Leslie Doris with us and she is with Foundation Coaching. And Leslie and I go back a long way. We've been referral partners for a long time. Leslie shows couples how to be heard and appreciated so they can bring and enjoy a loving and supportive marriage. You have over 20 years of experience. You don't look that old. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, Couldn't not been at practicing all. 20 years. Combined with her personal experience in a 35-year relationship with her husband, I love that, to create a paradigm shift in marriage. So it can become a space where both partners feel heard and included. So Leslie, tell us a little bit about yourself. Oh, what do you want to know? <laughs> um, like I said, yeah, I've been doing this for a long time. I got started because I had a little girl who was brought to me, and she was basically the rope in her parents' tug of war mm-hmm. and she was five when she came to me and six when she left and like there's nothing I can do for a five or six year old she just doesn't have the capacity so right. I thought I need to work with the parents I need mm-hmm. to try to see because I'm a product of divorce and it's not a pleasant experience mm. for most people and definitely not for kids so my goal is to really try to help people understand that there are things that make relationships work. We we actually have people who research marriage and relationships, <laughs> and they do really good work. Yeah. But a lot of people don't know there are actually things that you can learn to do that will make your relationship better. What is the shape of the relationship when these when your clients come to you? Or is it always right there at the edge of divorce? Or do they come just needing a little bit of help? What do you see often? I see it pretty much running the gamut. I I do have some couples that have been married a relatively short period of time, and they've run into some challenges, and they really want to make it work. I've had couples come in where one person, it's what we call the drop-off, where one person says, I'm out here. Here's my partner. Take care of them. Because pretty much everything in between, people ask if I do premarital work, and I said, yes. If anybody wants it, but most people are so focused on the wedding that they don't pay any attention to the fact that there's that the marriage is coming. Let me ask you about that. If they do come to you, do they come with different sets of questions and issues and people who've been married for 25 years that have issues? They do because in a lot of cases, they're recognizing that they have some challenges because no two people, no matter how much they love each other, are going to agree on everything. And they're running into some questions or maybe a lot of times they are children of divorce and they want to make sure that they Mm -hmm. don't experience that. And they actually take the marriage very seriously and they want to do it right. I don't think anybody gets up on their wedding day, says, oh, yeah, I want to get divorced. We talked about that on our first day. I was like, that's not what you go into this thinking. You think it's going to be, as they say, happily ever after. And it's not. I don't know that anybody's happy all the time. Yeah, and you can't be mind readers either. Mm. And you think you're going to have emotions and your spouse is going to automatically know how you're feeling and what to do to make you feel better. Oh, yes. The mind reading school of marriage. (laughs) Really a bad idea. The idea of if my partner were the right one, or if they really loved, loved me, me, they would just know. And it's, that's not a very good recipe for a healthy relationship. What do you do with that? How can you help that? I spend a lot of time talking about expectations because we, whether or not we know what our expectations are, we all have them. We have expectations about what a wife is, what a husband is, what marriage is supposed to be like. And most of the time, 
we have them and and we don't even know we have them until somebody's violating them. I told my husband many years ago, I know that your mother did everything for you. That's not happening. But those kind of expectations, what did we grow up with? What Mm -hmm. did we see? And then that's what it's supposed to be like. And of course, our partners grew up in something completely different. And so they've got their whole thing. And so that's where the clashes can come in. I think that's huge. And the the family you grew up in and those dynamics and how this other person, they didn't grow up in your family. And that's a good thing, obviously. (laughs) But but it's going to be hard and you're going to have to figure that out and talk about it. And, And that's and it's about negotiating. And there's some common things that people hear about marriage that, oh, it takes work and it takes compromise and it takes sacrifice. And I say, if you're doing any of those things, you're heading down the wrong path. Why do you say that? Oh, wow. That's interesting. Because work to me is like, oh, gee, who wants to go work at a relationship? That sounds like fun. Mm-hmm. Not. <laughs> and the compromise and sacrifice, it's when we think of compromise, we think you give up something, I give up something, we meet in the middle. Sacrifice, we're giving up something. It's the giving up that's the problem. Right. So if I feel like I have to give up something, then I open the door to resentment. Versus Mm -hmm. if we negotiate to a decision, we're choosing this path, meaning that the other paths aren't being chosen. We're not giving them up. We're just choosing this. And it's a much more positive way of looking at it. That's true. Because I I was trained in collaborative law, which I think you know what that is, is Mm -hmm. I can help you through your separation. But if you go to court, I can't represent you. And what we say about mediation before we go to litigation is if everybody leaves equally unhappy, then... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we've done that's our a job. Win. Well, that's a win. Yeah. Well, but that's part of the problem know, in marriage. Yeah, we don't want people to walk away unhappy. Right. We want people to walk away feeling like I've made an agreement that I can embrace, support, and implement. Because if one of those things is not there, it's going to be a problem. And resentment right. is a relationship a killer, mm-hmm. for, for sure. For sure. Mm-hmm. So how do people come to you and why do they come to you? <laughs> a lot of them come to me through referrals, yeah. either pro- other professionals that I know or previous clients, which of course is the ultimate compliment. And a lot of times when I ask my clients, they say, we Googled you. And I ask, what did you Google? Google. <laughs> and they can never answer that. <laughs> marriage help, marriage because they're looking for some people. A lot of times people will read some of my blog pieces and they'll find me that way. And so did they come, they probably come on all different levels, but are they coming because one's thinking about separating, they're coming because something happened and we want to work this out or we want to figure out a way to get out? All of the above. A lot of times when people come thinking that they want to get out, it's because they're in this black and white idea that it either has, it's either going to stay the way it is or I've got to leave. And the idea of taking a look at it, rebuilding it, I kind of call myself like when you do home improvement, mm-hmm. as you got you got to tear out the old stuff and it's really ugly right. and then you can build the new, prettier, nicer version. And that's what I look at my job as, is like helping that. people do that. And I think people look at Sarah and I sometimes and think, oh, we're in the job of tearing marriages <laughs> apart. <laughs> but we do, we prefer, well, if I don't think somebody's ready, then I, we'll send them to you to say, you may or may not be, but go find out if right. they can be safe. And that's the big thing because, again, it's what are the options, how to make it better. And that's really what people don't know because nobody has to take a relationship 101 class. Right. Well, I think they should, should because it would solve a lot of issues. But people don't know that there are solutions. They also don't know that pretty much if you walked into anybody's house on their street, they'd be having the same issues. Correct. Everybody right. thinks they're different. And it's like, no, marriage is a very unique relationship. And there are things that can make it 
stronger and things that can undermine it. And really knowing what those are and how to address them is critical. There really is no normal either. And Mm -hmm. I I know that Mm -hmm. there's been times where I ask them about their relationship and how it was. And they say, we actually never fought. We never Mm -hmm. had disagreements. We never fought. I don't know how we got here. But there are those couples that don't really express themselves at all. And you wouldn't think there wouldn't be any problems, but there are. Well, that's because they're all underground. Right. And that's part of the issue is how do I communicate what matters to me, how I'm feeling, what's going wrong, and own it for me, not blame my partner. Because when you're in a marriage, you've got a built-in scapegoat. And to be able to say, I want to do this better. But there's a lot of people who avoid conflict like the plague, that somehow getting into a disagreement with somebody is like the end of the world. And so those people are never going to say anything. But I can tell you resentment builds. And then all of a sudden, they've had enough. And the partner's like, what What happened? happened? (laughs) I thought everything was fine because nobody told me otherwise. People come to me and one of my questions is, what made you pick up the phone today? Why did you want to talk to me? And they, and they feel embarrassed. It's nothing really. It's just we just grew apart. There's no big, you mm-hmm. know, explosion. Explosion in yeah. a lot of marriages when they break up. Well, and what people don't understand is that if you grew apart, you can grow back together. Great advice. Great. Advice. If you want to, but that's yeah. but that's right. one of the challenges. And they both right. have to want to. And people, we can't get a court to order you to go to marriage counseling. No, that, doesn't that doesn't happen. <laughs> I've had that question asked before. I'm like, no, well, it's voluntary. Both of you need to agree to go and try this. That's actually a fallacy, though. One person who wants to repair or improve the relationship can do it on their own. They're a part, and they can do it without their partner even knowing that they've gone. And that's one of the things that people say, my partner won't go. So I didn't get help. Okay. And, but I have to say this, if you are going to go to somebody by yourself, you still need to see somebody who is trained in working with couples right. because right. they will know the other side of it. Maybe I'm wrong, but I say, don't go to marriage counseling with giving the other party the impression you're going to save the marriage when you're really not. There is a form of, it's pre-marriage counseling. It's not premarital counseling, but it's what you do before marriage counseling, and it's called discernment counseling, counseling, which is to help couples make a decision. Do we stay as is? Do we end the relationship or do we commit to fixing it? And that's a very specialized, I'm, I am trained mm-hmm. in it. That's a very specialized process. So if somebody isn't sure or somebody is leaning towards it, that's, that would be the path that they would want to go. They would not want to go directly into marriage, marriage counseling, counseling because that's, okay. because then it will, it won't work. And do you see a lot of people take advantage of that? I, I feel like that would be good for a lot of my clients, mm-hmm. or at least before they got to the point where they see me mm-hmm. to have gone through that, to try to understand this person, especially if they're going to have to co-parent. Well, exactly. Because that's one of the fallacies of divorce that's, oh, I don't have to deal with this person Correct. anymore, which if you don't have children, that's probably true. But if you have children, Y'all you still have to right. figure out how that's to deal right. with this person. I, I think that it's just not well known that this exists. And it was created by a mentor of mine. He's a professor at the University of Minnesota, Bill Doherty. And he's training therapists in good. this. Well, good. Yeah, I w- and I was lucky to get in on the ground yeah. floor. Yeah, that's great. Determining the finances of how one household splits into two can be some of the most stressful issues of divorce. Will alimony or child support be paid? Who gets the house and cars? Who has to pay the credit card debt? 
Do I get to keep all my retirement? It is so important that you are represented by an experienced family law attorney that can answer these questions for you and help you develop a plan for moving forward. New Direction Family Law has over 30 years experience protecting the rights of our clients when going through divorce. We aggressively advocate, support, and educate our clients to achieve the best possible outcomes. Schedule an initial consultation today. So is there ever a time where you tell someone that it is the time to leave? The only time I would ever tell somebody that they needed to seriously consider leaving is if they or their children were in physical danger. Uh, professionals shouldn't be voicing our opinions. We're, that's not what we're there for. We're there to support them in, in what they want to do. Now, there are some times when it's not up to us to decide what they're willing to live with. And like I said, unless it's physical danger and real serious emotional abuse, abuse right? can be really bad as well. But those would be the only times where I would tell people, I really think you need to at least consider separating. Yeah. You, you said something within there that your your job is to support them and whatever they want. What if they what if this person wants something and this person wants something different? How can you support both of them in that? That's where the discernment counseling comes okay. in because that's that process of helping them get on the same page. Okay. Now, the problem with no-fault divorce is one of you can decide I'm gone. Yeah. Yeah. And that's unfortunate because a lot of people make that decision without looking at all the alternatives. Right. And again, they're in pain in the moment. They just want the pain to stop. Mm-hmm. And so part of my job is to hold hope, to let them see what's possible, direct them, tell them this is how we're going to, we can get there. Mm-hmm. And then it's, are you willing to, to try it? Have you been sitting with couples and they go, yeah, we want to be willing to try this. And you get in your head, uh, maybe not. <laughs> I see you over there. Yeah. <laughs> well, again, I never make that determination, but usually through the course of time, it becomes apparent that either one or both of them aren't willing to do anything different. And of course, if you don't do anything different, you get the same result. Exactly. And, and it is, it's very scary. It's, it can be very complicated, but I've had the, I've had the honor of working with couples through infidelity, which people think that's one of the biggest things mm-hmm. that is an ender. And I've had the privilege of walking them through it and it's hard, mm-hmm. but it, for them, it was really worth it. Right. Yeah. So is your advice any different to people who have been in a marriage longer versus someone that's been in a marriage just a few years? I know you mentioned before that people don't come to you before the marriage, even though they probably should sometimes. Is there any difference there? I get really excited when I get people who haven't created a lot of bad habits because it's always easier to create good habits than then undo bad habits and learn new habits. See that. So I look at it, it's easier not to gain 100 pounds than it is to have yeah, to lose, lose that and then keep right, it off. Right. So right. it's that same thing when you know what the positive behaviors are and you don't have bad habits of doing unproductive stuff, then it's, it's faster. And so what's your consideration when there are children involved? My view with children is children should never be the reason why you stay together, but they should be the reason why you really investigate every possibility because there's no way they're not impacted. And you're impacted. I can't imagine my children, I don't have children anymore, I have adults, but I couldn't imagine only seeing them part-time. That concept to me is horrible. And one of the things that drives me a little bit crazy, and you and I have talked about this before, Mm -hmm 
is this idea of this 50-50 joint physical custody where the kids are moving around all over the place. They don't really have a home. And if you were to suggest nesting, which is the kids stay in one place and the parents, parents moving out, right. the parents think I'm crazy. And it's like, but that's what you <laughs> want your kids, your kids to, to do. do. Right. And so part of it is it's an additional consideration and it's a really critical consideration mm-hmm. because Children can survive divorce, but they can survive a car accident too when you don't purposely drive your car into a wall. So true, true. <laughs> it's really trying to do everything that you can. And you know, one of the big things is you know, we got to get our egos out of the way. Right. Yeah. You know, we have to be willing to admit that we don't know what we don't know. And there's stuff that I don't know. I'm still learning. Right. And I've been doing this for 20 years. Right. And, but like you said, there are people who you say explore all the avenues with kids, but if one person isn't willing to do the work, <laughs> then you you got to make a choice and that may be the better choice for your children at that moment. That's usually the determiner. If one person really is not willing to do anything different, then then your options are pretty limited. But sometimes just that, okay, if this doesn't change, I'm leaving. Mm-hmm. It's not changing. I'm leaving. And then suddenly, oh my gosh, you were serious. Yeah, we meant it. And so that's part of not using divorce as a threat. But Mm -hmm. this is, this is really not okay with me. Mm -hmm. And when people understand you're serious and and it matters, then that's when they're going to do something different. And again, I have had so many people like, why does it take this? I said, because it's human nature. And then then you're used to Maybe the other person threatening or saying, then never doing anything or acting. So why? Right. Should, what I tell people, clients all the time is they have no incentive to change. Exactly. You're doing everything for them. So you got to make, give them a little pain to make them well, change a little well, bit. That's all of us. None of us change if we're comfortable. That's right. Why, why, would, why would you? And so this is why it's about creating boundaries and saying, this is not okay with me. I'm willing to work on it to change mm-hmm. it. But if it doesn't change, then we're, then we've got a real problem. But if I just keep backing off of that, then why should I change? Yeah, I get to take and some so, control over it too. They get to the point where they say, "Okay, we've decided we don't we want to separate." Can do you then help them through that process too? Yes. Okay. Uh, yeah, and I can because the goal is if a couple or even if one person leaves a marriage with a lot of emotional baggage that's going to carry over. So it's how to get through all mm-hmm. of the hurt and the anger and all of the hard emotions that keep people stuck moving forward. And especially, again, if you have to co-parent with this person, mm-hmm. you want to be able to do that. Now, there are some cases where no matter what you you're going to be dealing with somebody who's a challenge. Well, if there's personality disorder, right, well, right. yeah, like narcissism, there are personality disorders. There are certain things that addiction, there are certain things that create some, mm-hmm. their own problems in the grand scheme of things. Those are usually pretty rare cases. I feel oh, like not, I not see not them all the time, <laughs> <laughs> but maybe that's why our clients did not go through that process. Right. Or maybe that, they went through that process. Or they did, or they they did, did and it didn't work out. Yeah. Um, because I swear I got a narcissist walking through the door every single day. Yeah. Why? Or through some other attorney's door that's on the other side of me. Mm-hmm. It's either my person or their person <laughs> and it is a lot of mental health and I've seen more like borderline mm-hmm. personality mm-hmm. issues in my cases mm-hmm. and I don't know if that's just something that's not getting diagnosed more but I'm, I'm not a, yeah. a psychiatrist not just- or, or any of that but it is hard dealing with those personality types mm-hmm. and we are seeing more of it at least from our perspective, perspective. of being litigators well and I, and I do think that when we have such a challenging society sometimes that these things are much more prevalent because they're not getting any they're not getting the normal support there are other stressors in their lives that that kick these things into higher gear are there things that you say we talked about this before the show started that are 
irreconcilable differences for you that you say this is you need to just say no and walk away from them yeah there are a couple of them the first one is if if one of you wants children and the other one doesn't Mm -hmm. that's pretty irreconcilable although sometimes I have known people who said I'll have the child I'll take care of the child you just which okay whatever that work out Look it has. Did, did they not talk about that before they <laughs> Yes. Usually these days, I once asked my mother that question. She says, yeah, you're a father and I never talked about it. That's well, just I think weird, it was just a given. Yes, back then, back then because I am that old. Yeah, me um, too. No, no worries. But and, and then the other one, if one of you doesn't want to be monogamous and the other one wants to be monogamous, that's a pretty much irreconcilable difference. Other than those two, most you of it's pretty, it? most of it can be worked through, okay. I think. If you want to. If you want right, to. If you want right, to. Right. Now, again, not talking about mental health issues or addiction right, issues, right, right. Which, are, which are, again, but in, to me, any it issue that somebody is addressing means the marriage can, can work. If they're not willing to address it, that's a whole other issue. With the influx of social media and, and all of and this. Dating apps and, where you can just flip through and find someone else in yeah. you know, five minutes. That, you know, or that this fairyland thing that things are always supposed to be happy and perfect and right. they're just not going to be. That's understanding what marriage is. We're talking about kids and the, there's a joke in my field that the worst thing that can happen to a marriage is children. <laughs> uh, because actually, because marital satisfaction takes a hit. I mean, it's seriously. And so if people aren't expecting that, then somehow they're surprised and you can plan for it. You can do things to minimize the impact Mm -hmm. and stay working Mm -hmm. together as a couple, but it's very hard. We're in a very child-centric society. You don't tell your children no. (laughs) And we we do see that. I see a lot of couples that come in are obviously just one part of the couple and they do have young children and then one years old, two years Mm -hmm. old, so it does happen a lot out there, and I think you do need to prepare yourself for that and have that conversation about what's likely to happen and how your relationship is going to change because you have a new child in your life. But people don't. We're just not. We're not a society that does that. We're no. instant gratification. We're we're going to get married. It's going to be fabulous. We're going to focus on the wedding instead of what happens afterwards. Are there right. any issues with role changes? Uh, like how women used to always just stay home with the kids, and now everyone's out in the workforce, and are those home chores shared equally as much as the work is outside the house. It's interesting because I actually have a a program that teaches people how to deal with the chore wars, so to speak, where that it's not necessarily equal, but it's definitely equitable. And so that people don't feel like I'm doing all of this. And 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 it's a very short program. It's actually very simple. It's simple. It's not easy. I did that for my son. (laughs) (laughs) Let's try that. Oh, you know, you give me hope, Leslie, <laughs> because we deal with people whose marriages are dissolving. And I think a, a lot of people don't take the time to meet someone like you. Yep. And so I, I always feel better when I know that they've taken the time, that they really have thought about this, and this is really what they want to do. Mm-hmm. So I think you're a great, I just think you're a fabulous, re- I love you. And I think you're a fabulous resource <laughs> yes, for people. And thank, oh, you, thank you for you. being them yeah. there for them. Yeah. And even if you're going through that process and it doesn't work out, just going through it will make you stronger and even better suited to go through the Good divorce. divorce. Absolutely. Right. And it won't be so as nasty as people mm-hmm. might say it is. So it'll make you a stronger person in general right. and hopefully push you along to a happier life and by yourself or if you meet someone else. You're going to learn a lot through that process about yourself. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Leslie, for being here today. Thank you for having Mm -hmm. me. And I'm Elizabeth Stevenson. And I'm Sarah Hink. Thanks for turning in. Ain't that that some sh**? Thanks for listening. This episode is complete. 
Visit NewDirectionFamilyLaw.com for show notes and resources and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube for more resources and information. And remember, with change comes empowerment.